If you're struggling to lose weight, you've probably heard about weight loss medications like Wigovi or ZepBound, and you might be wondering if they're right for you. Meet Plush Care, a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. If you qualify, they can safely prescribe you medication from the comfort of your own home. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. There was some physical pain there, but the thing that kept me going was my head. Like it was so strong, it was so conditioned, and it was ready to tackle that challenge. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of It Ain't Weak to Speak. My name is Sam Webb, and this show is dedicated to ending the stigma around mental health through community, connection, and the hard-hitting truth. I'll be speaking with guests from all over the world about life to inspire and to educate people to speak up so that we can save more lives. Thank you for joining me on this journey. Hello everyone and welcome back to season two of It Ain't Week to Speak. Well, I hope you guys had an amazing Christmas break, great holiday, and I wish you nothing but the best for 2021. I'm going to do what I can to bring you the best insights and wisdoms from guests from right around the world to you guys in your ears. Wherever you are right now, I want to say thank you. Thank you for jumping back in on the podcast. Welcome back if you're a returning listener. Welcome to the show if it's your first time listening. And I just want to say how excited I am to be on this show with you guys. We're going to have another great year ahead. Before we jump into our next guest onto the podcast to kick us off for season two in 2021, I can't wait to get him on the podcast today either. I just want to reiterate the importance of self-care, guys. Please practice a lot of that this year, especially after the year that we've all had. 2020 was definitely a year that we learned and hopefully we grew and you know I'm sure there was a lot of challenges and hardships along the way so let's try and prioritize self-care this year if you if you don't already do that and let's set ourselves up for a great year ahead but without further ado let's get our next guest onto the podcast his name is Mr. Jake Malby he's going to kick off episode one season two of it ain't week to speak I'm so excited to have him onto the podcast today Jake Malby ran a marathon every single day over the month of August in 2020 to raise awareness and funds to support living. Now, before I even fathom that, that's over 1,308 kilometers in the month of August that he ran. Same route, same location, same place on the Gold Coast. I want to find out from Jake what was actually driving him to do this, the pain that he endured along those runs and how he matches that up to his own mental health battles along the way. Uh, he's got a very heartfelt, serious, deep story that I want to really dive deep into today. And I want to find out what motivates him to not only support living, but also to support this mental health space and what it means to him. And the inspiration that this guy will no doubt leave in our minds will hopefully help push us to making good changes in our life for the better. But the guy is a walking monument. He's got some challenges up his sleeve, no doubt. And I can't wait to pick apart his brain because to be able to run a marathon every day takes a special person but i don't want to keep giving any more away let's get him on the podcast mr jake malby welcome on to it ain't weak to speak my brother mate sammy thanks for having me i'm very well man we're on the beautiful gold coast are you right this moment i'm at balinga and the sun is shining it's beautiful 
Beautiful. It is. I thought there was thunderstorms the last few days. Mate, summer's coming in full swing over here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, you're lucky there, aren't you? Well, mate, it's good to have you on the podcast. Obviously, we've never met face-to-face. I know you've done a lot of work with the guys in the head office in Burley. They've had the pleasure to meet you and you know, work with you over the last 12, 13, 14 months in regards to your involvement with living and all the great work that you do. But before we step into all of that, obviously, I have no idea half of the stuff that you've been up to and you know the things that went on even before you met us and met the team at living mate where did this passion for mental health this journey for mental wellness begin for you where did it all start well i had my own dealings with mental health suffering from uh, depression anxiety for such a long age so when i was 16 sort of started seeing those signs didn't start getting my help until i was like oh 20 mid uh, probably about 24 so I kind of left it that little bit longer than what I probably should have. And once I started getting help, started talking about my mental health, I realized how much it helped me helping others as well. So that's why uh, I reached out to Livin. Your guys quote, it ain't weak to speak, really resonates with me. And all the uh, community involvement with you know young people, sporting clubs, that just like really drew my attention to want to fundraise for Livin. Well, mate, you've done more than fundraise for Livin. You've created a, your own community around the Livin movement and everything that you've done, which we'll talk about these milestones that you achieved through your fitness, these heroic challenges that you did back in 2019 in August. But before I do that, mate, you know, when you realised you suffered with anxiety and depression at a young age of 16 and then hiding that pain for eight years till you said you were 24, getting help, can I ask you why you hid the pain? What was it for you? Like, what did you experience and how come you didn't ask for help then? Well, it's just, I guess, that male masculinity didn't want to show vulnerability. I, I used to think that was a, a form of weakness. And then a lot of things started happening. Like my mother tried taking her life and I was the first on scene and had to administer first aid to her and things like that really opened my eyes and made me realize how mental health can affect so many people. So I hit a really, really low point in my life in 2016, had everything set up. I was going to take my life. My brother come in and intervened with it, luckily, which is my saving grace. And he's a ultra distance runner. So that's kind of where my involvement with running, because like I've never been a runner I've only been running for four years sort of thing so once he signed me up for a 25k race and I did that and it was the first time because I'd been on medication for so long and I eventually wanted to get off it but that was the first time I didn't have any negative thoughts go through my head and yeah I finished that 25k run and then I turned to him and I said I want to run a marathon month later I ran a marathon and then from then it turned into ultra marathons and I guess it just gave me that purpose there was that void in my life for so long that I didn't really have purpose or something to work for. I just had my work, surfing, all those things. But I found with running, it gives me so much driving force with life and structure around other things with life, like my training, my work. So that's been really well. And for my mental health, as well as the positive effects of physical exercise too. I wasn't a very physical person. Uh, you know, did your, your surfing and those sorts of things. But once I started running and noticing my mental health shift, I was able to then take myself off medication after sort of six months of running. Yeah, so that's why I wanted to sort of get the message out that physical exercise is such a massive key as well as like healthy eating, using your support networks. I love it, man. I love it. And there's, 
there's so many things I want to ask you. I mean, from your own experiences and, you know, everyone's on their own journey, right? Everyone is on their own mental health journey. And I feel while we can relate to certain people and their challenges, like, for example, I can say, yeah, I've had anxiety and I continue to have anxiety, you know, and I deal with it my own way. And sometimes it gets out of hand. And that's how Sam Webb deals with it. And that's the managing practices that he puts in place to try and overcome that. But even though I've had anxiety, you've had anxiety, they could be vastly different. The way we manage it, the way we cope with it, the way we deal with it, the way we talk about it, the way we communicate it, and the way, the way we don't communicate about it. What I want to know about your journey in particular is what drove you to that point in 2016 to say, okay, I've had enough, this is it, I'm going to make my decision, I'm going to take my life. What drove you to that place, if you don't mind me asking? Well, just so many, I guess, adversities in life just kept popping up. Life wasn't getting any easier. At that point, wasn't really talking about my mental health. And I was just lucky and fortunate enough. My brother obviously knew me well enough to know warning signs at the time. But it got to a point where the pain and suffering was so great for myself that I didn't want to burden anyone else with my pain and suffering. So, I mean, irrational decision was to take my life. And unfortunately, when I was in that state of mind, there was no other thoughts other than, you know, this is it. This is enough. I'm so over this. Was it like, I just can't take another moment of this pain. I just want to end the pain. Not knowing that had you have gone through with it, those after effects and the impact that it has on lives after you've gone, they never came into play. Would that be correct saying that? Yeah, hundred percent. Like as real as what it is, none of that even come to mind for me. There was only one thing that was going through my mind and that was it. It was up. And if I'm hearing you correctly, and please, mate, tell me if I'm wrong, you're looking down a barrel, it's just getting darker and darker and you, you don't have any coping skills at that stage. You don't have any strategies to sort of pull you out. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. So like I, I now go see a psychiatrist and I've got a vast range of coping mechanisms. But at that point, there was, you know, nothing. Like I felt like the deeper and darker I was going, Every time I looked up, I was just getting further and further away, that light. So before I knew it, that light went all dim. And yeah, that was that was it. Wow, man. It's And, and mate, I appreciate you sharing this stuff on such a deep level because it really gives us an insight into you know some of the thinking that goes into those situations at that present moment. And I think you can't compare moment to moment because they're very different, right? But you've spoken a lot about being a burden and the burden was too much. I didn't want to put that on other people. What goes through your mind when you think, okay, I've got so much going on, but I don't want to give that pressure to someone else. What's actually going through Jake Malby's head at that stage in that process can you talk me through it well i just felt like you know if i've got all these problems of my own there's obviously people who've got problems of their own you just don't want to fill their cup up with you know your problems as well as you know people's own so i guess at that point i was thinking more so about the other person than i didn't want to make them struggle or trigger anything with them and do you reach out now for help 100 percent, yeah Hundred percent. What's that feel like? Oh man, like like I was saying before, when I can help someone, that's helping me as well. Like that's helping my mental health journey. They're sharing me their coping mechanisms. I'll might come into a, a time where I'll use their strategies and see if that works for me. You know, if like uh, my stuff that I'm using at the moment isn't working. So. And mate, thank you again for sharing all that because I feel like the conversation I've had in the past, even with my own self, about feeling like that burden. And you don't want to share it with other people because you automatically think, your brain tells you that they've got their own shit going on, that they don't need to hear about yours and you don't want to put that pressure on them. But if you reverse and you come from a very healthy mind, and I've been in very unhealthy minds a lot of the time, so I'm talking from my own experience, 
you automatically think, treat yourself like a friend, put yourself in their shoes. What would you say to Sam if he was going through a hard time, if he was suicidal? You'd definitely help, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. You'd be there at the drop of a hat. <laughs> exactly. And then when you're going through a really shit time and your mind's all over the place, you don't have any options, you feel like your coping strategies aren't working anymore, you feel like these decisions and thoughts that you're making, they're not the right thought. They're totally, totally wrong. The power of the mind as well. Oh, man. Negative scary. and positive, you know, so. It's so scary, man, because a positive mind can change everything and a negative mind could be the last flick of the switch before never breathing again. Very, very grateful for you sharing that, for that part with us. I'm interested, though, to find out what happens to you. Like, you know how you go through these ebbs and flows and jump in if I'm on my own tangent here, but there's times in my life, right, where I felt really bad and I've had these coping strategies and I've done a lot of research. Or I've seen a professional and they've given me some skills to help myself and I feel like, great, I'm making legway here. I'm... I'm definitely making improvements and now I know how to deal with it. But those same strategies aren't helping me anymore, especially during 2020 over here in LA when I've been isolated and, and I work remotely. I'm working from a kitchen sort of thing. You know, some of these strategies aren't working for Sam Webb anymore. So I've really been flipping out and going down the rabbit hole. And then it's trying to understand new coping strategies or reaching out for new supports. Do you feel the same way? 100%. And I mean, even after August when I ran all the marathons, my coping mechanisms generally running. Like I'd chuck my shoes on, go release the steam. After August, I wasn't able to do that. I was pretty banged up. So there was that period of time where I was lost. I was confused and I probably should have got on medication a lot sooner, but I let it drag out for too long. And that caused me to go down that rabbit hole myself because I didn't have those coping mechanisms and I wasn't as knowledgeable now as what I was even at the start of the year. You know, like those coping mechanisms that once worked for me pre-August didn't work for me after, which then sent me into that spiral. I ended up getting diagnosed with bipolar. So now I've got to use a whole range of different coping mechanisms where I was dealing with depression and anxiety. Now I'm dealing with manic episodes to depressive states. So I had to go to do rehab courses, I had hospital stays, and now I've got a vast range of coping mechanisms as well as I'm back on medication and I will be for the rest of my life to treat bipolar. So Bipolar is a very complex mental health challenge, very much so. And you said it right then perfectly, you know, you're, you're on medication and that's only to assist you managing it, right? And that's just part of it. And that's one part of your management toolkit, so to speak, or your playbook. You know, you've probably got running, you've probably got all these other great, really effective strategies that work for you, speaking to a therapist or a psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever it looks like. When things sort of aren't working for you, like what's some of the biggest challenges that you're facing still to this day? Is there anything that you just still don't un fully understand? Or is there something that it's always a challenge? Like, is there anything that's just constantly a challenge? Well, it's not so much constantly a challenge. At the start of the year, I guess you can say it felt like a constant challenge coming to terms with a new diagnosis, you know, learning how to manage that. So it's not a constant battle, especially now I'm on the right medication. Medication for me assists my head to be able to do the things I love and be able to uh, utilize my coping mechanisms running. If I'm in a depressive state or a manic state, the last thing I want to do is go running. So I need my medication to stabilize me to be able to do those things. It's all about finding the combination of of things that work best for you as an individual and everyone's very different and what works for jake might not work for sam and whatever works for sam or jake might not work for anyone else and that's why it's important to keep a very open mind and, and know that it's very important to know that it does change and it can change and what works for you now may not work for you in two years time
Yeah, you just got to keep that open mind and keep taking in, absorbing all that information and people are giving you, your therapists, you know, your professionals. I find personally, man, I've learned a lot from this space. I'm learning a lot from you right now. You're teaching me a lot just through your own lived experience and through your own journey. And I find that the mental health space is so broad, although it's complex, yes, but it's very broad too. There's a lot of different aspects to it. There's a lot of different things we can talk about. There's a lot of different breakthroughs, opportunities. There's so many great things that can happen through this. You've done remarkable things in your life. Let's talk about this massive challenge you did in August of 2019. It was August 2019, yeah? Yeah, August, yep. Tell me about it. I want to know everything about it. You said you ran your first marathon not long after you did your 25k and then you were hooked and you said it gave you a bit of purpose and you probably were disciplined you knew what you had to eat how you trained how you fed your body and all that sort of stuff recovery how did you decide i'm going to run a marathon every single day for the month of august well it started actually christmas day 2018 a little bit lonely both my parents are shift workers so we usually do the uh christmas eve dinner so I was sitting there feeling a bit lonely and I was like, man, there's so many people out there probably suffering with their mental health, don't have people around them on Christmas. So then I started thinking, you know, I want to do an initiative to be able to create awareness, raise funds and, you know, more so create like a safe space for people to be able to talk about their, you know, mental health. And we always have like, are you okay day? One day there's mental health week. And I also wanted to keep mental health in the air for a month. So I'm like, what's something... Silly enough, then we'll draw enough attention to the cause and popped in my head a marathon a day for 31 days. I picked August because uh, August 2016 was when I uh, was going to take my life. So I wanted to have that meaning behind on the personal level as well as on August. I dedicated a marathon each day to a story. It was kind of like for myself as well as to get people's stories out because every morning I woke up, I was on my own. And so I wanted to be able to get out of bed and have purpose and run for someone every day. So, man, I had people that, you know, lost their their husband, their dad, their brothers, their sisters, uncles, so many people to suicide and just them sharing their story and the ripple effect suicide had on a massive, for one person that took their life, it had hundreds of the people that were affected, you know. So after sort of four days of hearing this, you just want to keep fighting. Like I was hurting like anything, like the physical pain in 2019 doesn't even match to the emotional pain I went through in uh, 2016. So, Yeah, wow. That's, um, that's heroic because, I mean, I can talk from, again, this is just my own experiences of running. Man, running a marathon isn't easy. It can take months and months of training and grueling training and times throughout that race where you want to give up, you want to quit, you want to throw the towel and you want to take off your shoes and go home. But to do one of them every single day and say that the physical pain in 2019 didn't even compare to the emotional pain that you went through on August 17th is purpose in itself, man. It's a discipline in itself and you'll never be able to compare that to nothing, no matter what challenge you do. And I believe you can, not that I'm trying to push you to do any more harder challenges, mate, by any means, but I believe that you'll be able to do even greater challenges physically, mentally, emotionally, even spiritually, you know what I mean? You literally ran... Over 1,300 kilometers in the month of August. Yeah, it was a 1,308 kilometers, 295 Ks per week. And I ran the exact same course every day because I wanted people to see, you know, I had a big ginger beard. So I wanted people to see that big, <laughs> the big ginger beard. <laughs> Weren't people calling you Forrest? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort. So you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Forest, forest. Forest. <laughs> Mate, that's amazing. So what's a prep like for someone that can run a marathon every day? Certainly not just skipping your shoes on, rolling out of bed and away you go, are you? Tell me what some of this prep you're doing, mate, because this is remarkable stuff. Will's emotion would have been about 14th of January. I hit up, everything was 11. So uh, I reached out to my coach in New Zealand and he's just like, I don't even know where to start, mate. I don't know how to train someone sort of thing for 31 marathons. So he was more so a mentor for me and we come up with a plan to load my body slowly with K. So I was sort of running the first, it would start off like 50K but over six to seven days. And then by the end of my program that I created for myself, I was sort of sitting on about 160 to 170 Ks running seven days a week doing like... So that's over the week. So 160 to 170 over the week. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Working full-time split shifts. I was running double marathons on the weekend. There was one little thing I said, if I raised two grand in this amount of time, I'd do my split shifts at work and run a half marathon every day for seven days just to get people interested and go, well, this dude's pretty... You know, he's going to give a red hot crack if he's, uh, you know, yeah, so. It's very impressive. I, I haven't heard of anything like this, man. And we've got a friend, all of us at Livin's got a friend running 136 kilometers just in one standing from November. I mean, all these challenges are just absurd. And I love it because it brings you back to that one single purpose as to why you're doing it, right? What, what was the hardest thing for you over those 31 days? Well, the hardest thing, like I accepted that there might be a point where I could have a stress fracture in my foot and I just have to keep running. That mental resilience and I had to build up over my training block 
going doing a night shift and then coming back and running a marathon to strengthen up that mind. The hardest thing was day 27, I woke up real negative state and I was going to pull a pin on day 27 just because my head wasn't strong. It was strong up until that point. I didn't take... When you say it wasn't strong, what was it telling you? What were some of the thoughts going through your mind? It was just saying, I'm done. I've been fighting for 26 days, doing the same thing. Even waking up every day for 31 days straight and going for your walk or, or whatever, it's a hard thing to keep that emotion, never mind to run the marathon. So I guess my head after the 26 days was just going, man, like, what are you doing? Like my body's been in fight or flight for, you know, so long. Like I didn't take any pain management up until day 21, which I mean, when I say pain management, I took a Panadol extra, which is like a caffeinated Panadol because I wanted to feel every step. I wanted to, you know, really feel the journey. Like there was some physical pain there, but the thing that kept me going was my head. Like it was so strong. It was so conditioned and it was ready to tackle that challenge. Just hearing you speak and the way you talk about it, it's inspiring at the absolute least, that's for sure. Like to be able to get up and run a marathon every day isn't, isn't your normal human. Not everyone can do that. Very, very small amount of people in the world could even do that. So to be able to put your mind through something like that is a testament to you, Jake, as a character, as a human. Don't ever, ever underestimate that, man. I think it's not only impacted your own life, and I'm sure you've you got ebbs and flows like we all do. Nothing's ever perfect. It never will be. But the amount of people, and I'm sure the thousands of people that not only watched your journey across socials, I saw, man, plenty of times there on social. I spoke to you on one of the runs. You had teams of people running alongside you on the Gold Coast, man, at certain parts of the course, you know? And you're running it every day. So you, you were probably seeing the same people every day. Yeah, it was like clockwork. Yeah, and the stories that you would have heard and the people's lives that you've impacted that you probably don't even know that you've impacted, far outweighs running 31. You'd run a 1,000 to do the same thing what you've done. Well, that was my thing, man. Like The project itself was so much more than what I thought it was ever going to be because the 31 marathons I'm super proud of. It's something that I've trained hard for to be able to do. But the thing I'm most proud of was that just that safe space I was able to create where, you know, there was people that come joined K's. Like oh, there was not one day I ran on my own. There was always someone there. And there was one time, it was like marathon day four, someone opened up, said what they were about to say. They've never told even their family. And there was a group of 10 of us. So it was kind of that like little safeguard that was created for people to be able to open up. And to me, personally that was what it was about that was my mission because i knew from personal experience once i was able to start talking that's when my mental health started getting sorted as per se like once you're able to talk about it especially to train professionals they can then lead you down the path that you need to live a healthy sustainable life so i wanted to show people it's okay to talk you would have shown countless people you're still showing countless people and you will now through the podcast and other journeys that you've got lined up in saying that, I mean, you're hearing people's stories, people are sharing them for the very first time in their entire life, right? Next to you on a run. What's it like running with someone versus running by yourself? Do you find it easier? Running with someone, that's social. I'm a very social person. I love running with people, but I also like nailing key sessions if I was training for an event as well. So I'll then go train on my own. So like I've just got me and my own thoughts and I go live by the sword. And then when I'm training with people, tone it back, enjoy, have a chat. So much of a muchness. I like a little bit of both, mixture. Surely got to run at conversational pace on those ones, mate. Don't sprint. <laughs> <laughs> and with the journey, I mean, we're all on our own journey, right? 
What do you say to someone who's listening to this podcast right now that might be at the stage of giving up? What do you say to them from your own lived experience? As a non-professional, obviously, we know that. What do you say to them, man, from your own experiences? Just know that there's so much help out there. You just got to want to do it. I mean, like, at the end of the day, we're all human. We all have feelings. It's about being able to talk about them to the right people to be able to get led down the right path. But there is always a right path. And I mean, if you're struggling, just please know you're not alone. Like there's so many people, if you want to do it anonymously, there's suicide callback lines, which I've had to use in the past. And I'm not ashamed of that. They helped me, you know, at that point of time when I was in the dire straits, I've had to call someone, you know, like that was the first thing that clicked into my head. And it helped me. Thank you for that. But what do you do? Like, because I, I hear this a lot, you know, when I speak to certain people and you're in the rabbit hole, you know that you've done all this training. You've seen psychs in the past. You've seen mental health professionals. You've spoken to friends. You know the resources are out there. You know there's help there. And you know you're not alone. And we hear that all the time, right? You know you're not alone. But when you're in the thick of it and you're fighting those demons and those battles in your head where you feel like you are alone, what can you do in those moments? What do you do in those moments? What I'm saying is we're bound to have challenging times in our life. And just because you've been through these most challenging times and you've done the most amazing things, man, you've changed lives, you've changed your own life, you know what to do. And God forbid, I don't ever want anything bad to happen to anyone, right? Or go down the wrong wrong hole by any means. But if we end up finding ourselves down those holes again, and you know there's help out there, but you don't reach out, is there anything that you've used or a tool that you've used when you're in that moment where you just know that you've just got to just get the hell out of that position? I've actually got an action plan, having bipolar, you got the peaks and troughs. So now what I do is I put myself around good humans. I talk about it. I automatically call up my psychiatrist. I get an appointment straight away. I then talk to him. And then if it's an emergency, I'll have to put myself back into Crumman Clinic, which is a mental health rehabilitation clinic. Like I've got an action plan now, which I never used to have. I used to just talk to my mates maybe sometimes i used to use my support network for the wrong reasons like my friends and family instead of going to speak to the professionals never had an action plan but now i do i can tick things off okay i've done that then move down to the next one i've done that and then my last one is go to crime clinic so. and so that you know when you're in those positions and you're going through and you're ticking them off that's a plan that works for you and sometimes it might not be the thing that you want to do but you almost have to do it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I know the help is out there and it does work. Knowing that puts me in the position to be able to do it. So like me knowing that there's a clinic just up the road that will, it takes time, obviously, like two, three weeks, but I will get out of that really negative, dark place. It just take that little bit of time with the correct people to be able to do it. Yeah. And it's exactly that, man. Like times of flow and you might be in these really bad, dark times for a while, but you and I both know, Jake, that they're never permanent. They sometimes can feel like they're permanent though. And you think that this is going to last forever, but you and I both know science as well and lived experience doesn't lie with the right help and the right supports. You can get back on track and you can live a very, very happy, healthy, fulfilling, purpose-driven life, can't you? For sure. For sure. And yeah, just that purpose, everything boils down to finding that purpose as well. You know, so when you're in such a dark place, I guess, you don't think about the things that will better you as the person. So true, man. It's so true. And you, everything that you've said is resonating so well in a way that, mate, you really are the perfect ambassador for living. You're a walking billboard 
we all love your support. We love your help. And yeah, we're just very grateful for you, man. We're very grateful for the great work that you've done for yourself, I think is probably the most important thing. And everything else is a byproduct of that, you know? And if you can save one life and that's your own, it's a huge success. Money and all that other stuff, that's not even important, you know? And we're very, very grateful for everything that you've done for Living Man. So that goes without saying as well, all right? When I come to you guys, I was put my idea out and i just said i'm going to fundraise the money but my whole purpose behind this is it ain't weak to speak get those people talking you know and that and you guys were just awful though i was spewing i wasn't there at the end of that it was finished at burley wasn't it yeah yeah burley hill i was spewing i wasn't there man beautiful ending eh? i had a great support there and i had a brief chat to you on the phone from la and mate i was stoked to even get you for those brief few moments there what's on the agenda for you mate moving forward i mean you you're always up to these challenges and i know that you're up to something else do you want to share it with us yeah yeah so at the moment finally back training again after taking some time off so i'm just going to focus on some racing some personal racing for a good year year and a half and then i'll start running racing running racing. yeah 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 so ultra ultra marathons sort of 50 100k events as just like a little personal thing. And then in about a year and a half, I'm going to start training for my next initiative where I want to run from Sydney Opera House to Burley Hill. So that's about 850 Ks, but I want to do it in about seven days. So that's about 120 K a day. That's just the, uh, I've got many of other ideas. Mate, that's <laughs> outstanding. And then let me ask you this, because those challenges, are, I'd almost say they're ludicrous, mate, to be honest, but it's a wonderful thing to see. And mate, I'd love to at some stage, wherever I get home, whenever those challenges are, mate, I'd I'd love to join in on one of these legs if I ever could. And if those opportunities arise, I love this stuff, man. I'm all for it. And I, I'm a big believer that when you find a purpose, when you feel lost and then you find something that gives you drive and gives you purpose and it makes you feel fulfilled to a point where you're almost excited to wake up every day because you know you've got this, this and that happening and this is how it's sort of going to play out. There's a purpose for you to live that day, right? And I love that. And I love those challenges that you set yourself. But they don't have to be 850k runs. They don't have to be 42.2 kilometer run marathons every day. A challenge for someone might be a complete different challenge for you. Like a challenge for someone could be getting up out of bed every day and taking a walk around the block. And that's what I say to everyone. Challenge yourself. Step out of your comfort zone. Try something new. Don't compare your challenges to Jake's or, or anyone else's because that's your journey. You're on your journey. And they're on their journey and you cannot compare apples to oranges sort of thing. And that's what I love. And I think that's really important for us all to talk about, you know, keeping an open mind and pushing ourselves to areas that make us feel a bit uncomfy because I feel like in the moments of feeling vulnerable and uncomfortable is the moments of growth. There's research, there's science behind that. You're a big believer that speaking up and seeking help changes the way you perceive mental illness and mental health. And let me ask you this from a personal angle. Your brother's also an endurance runner, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, he's a, yeah. Who runs further, yourself or Ben? Well, Ben come and ran the last three marathons with me. No training because what happened was he was like pretty high profile ultra distance runner for many years, started having like kids, family, took that step back and then that's when I sort of jumped in the running scene. Um, like he still runs and trains. He ran the last three, cooked him absolutely cooked him so that was like kind of good to see he got me into the marathons and <laughs> thank you i was just like you have to at least come share more than two with me he's like fine i'll do the last three i don't know i ran 31 marathons and he ran three in a row so well mate i love it i love it you have to get him on that opera house to the gold coast mate one when you do that uh whenever that time comes man that's inspiring stuff and it's great to actually finally properly talk to you man and share your journey on here with our audience they're gonna love 
everything. We all love and appreciate your man so much at Living and very grateful for all the work that you do for us. And I want to find out right now, where can people find you? If they want to follow some of your journey, if they want to reach out and get in touch, if they want to reach out and get some tips, mate, from a running perspective, or even your own journey with, you know, your mental health challenges, how can people get in touch with you? I've got the Instagram, forest.goat. Forest Gump, that was, guys. <laughs> no, forest.goat, yeah. Yeah, forest.goat. And just Facebook, Jake Melby. More than happy to help anyone if they've got questions about running. More than happy to have a coffee and chat with anyone at all either if they need over chat mate that's amazing and just before we wrap up mate one final thing i do want to give you the opportunity to share on is there anything you want to share one last time on the podcast with people who may be listening that might be struggling or that they're coming from all walks of life that they're feeling lost and all that sort of stuff is there any words of wisdom from jake malby that you want to leave with them just use living's motto it ain't weak to speak that's such a massive stepping stone being able to speak about it because if you can then speak about it, you can then be able to be led down the right path of recovery. I love that. And it's all about learning and understanding. And if you're going down the right path of recovery and you have a couple of times where it may not be beneficial and you feel like it's not working, just keep going. Don't give up. Keep going. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep fighting. Keep pushing the same way that Mr. Malby was pushing after those marathons, which no doubt, mate, you would have wanted to cave at some stage there. But the journey... And the purpose and the reasons behind why you did it were the thing that sort of kept you going stronger than ever. Yeah, and just like one last thing, every morning getting out of bed in, you know, 2016 was so hard. Every morning getting out of bed for the marathons was so hard. I adapted 2016's where I'd have to get up and feed my dog Manor to 2019 where I had to go run for people for a reason. It is hard getting out of bed, but just taking those initial first steps to get out of bed, they'll be the greatest steps to lead you on a good day. Love that, mate. What perfect way to wrap up this podcast episode, mate. What a wonderful time I've had with you today. Thank you so much for sharing your journey with all of us, from myself and the entire team at Living. Thank you very much for everything that you've done. Keep up the amazing work. And if in doubt, always reach out, my man. Thank you, Living, and thank you, Sammy, for the chat. Thank you again for listening in to another episode of It Ain't Week to Speak. Please like, share, and spread the love to as many people as you can. Let people know that you subscribe to the show. Don't forget to leave a review or a comment so that we can grow this community together because a conversation could save a life. If you want to continue this chat, please join me on the podcast Facebook group at living.org. I can't wait to share the next episode with you, but in the meantime, stay well. Keep living and remember, it ain't weak to speak. Thank you and have a top day. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and ir- 
irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.